Good morning, everyone. Sorry, we had some technical difficulties um, getting onto Facebook Live. So praise Jesus that it worked. And um, I'm so excited to be here with y'all this morning. Um, let me make sure you guys can hear me good and see me. But um, it is an honor and a privilege to be a part of this. And for Travis and Jessica, just the honor to share what the Lord has placed on my heart for you guys and anyone who's watching. Um, so Travis and Jessica, they are getting some rest and family time this weekend. So um, we just bless their time and I'm excited to be here. Um, and again, this is my first Facebook Live. So <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you, Jesus, that we live in a time where we can use technology to share the word. Um, it's pretty powerful. So I'm sure the prophets, Paul, they would have just died if they would have seen the access we have to share the gospel. Um, it's pretty amazing. Um, but I wanted to, to start off, I'll give people a few more minutes um, to hop on, but um, I'm going to start off with sharing a testimony um, that it would just um, build your guys' faith this morning. Um, we just, in a time that we're at right now, um, we just need to encourage one another and just build each other up in the faith and encourage one another, stoke each other's fire. Um, so that way, when we go out, we just have confidence because we know that we have a body of believers and friends that are behind us, you know, like we're, we're not alone in this race. And so we also have a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering for us and, you know, telling us the race is worth it. It is so worth it. It can be hard and exhausting and tiring, but it's definitely worth it. Um, and this morning that we would all just feeling like, um, feel the glory of the Lord and feel his presence. And so, um, again, I'm really excited to be here. So as people join, um, we'll go ahead and get started soon. Um, okay. I'm going to go ahead and get started and people just hop on. Um, I'm going to share a quick testimony. Um, that happened about two weeks ago, and I just wanted to encourage you guys and that y'all would just take this, that it would build up your faith. Um, but so me and my sweet friend Amber, we um, have been kind of going on some um, outreaches and just getting together, going two by two and just going out. Um, I will say it's been a lot harder, you know, just with everyone. So that's its own its own challenge, but it's so worth it. And we've experienced a lot of hearts, but there's just one testimony that I wanted to share. Um, so Amber and I got together and we were praying and just asking Lord for clues of where he wanted us to go on our outreach and just the harvest. Where, where was it at? Where was the good, the good fruit that was ready to be harvested off the tree? And, um, so we ended up going to Veterans Park, and it was really awesome. I'm going to make a long story short, but we had several encounters that were incredible. It was so sweet when we pray with um, pray with the Holy Spirit and pray in the power of the Holy Spirit because he really does pray in accordance to God's will. And so when that happens and we partner with him, like incredible things happen. Um, so I just want to encourage you guys to, before you do an outreach, before you go to the grocery store, just partner with the Holy Spirit. He's so good. He's so willing. He's so ready to give of himself. Um, and so we got to have a taste of this. And so every prayer that we had prayed in the spirit, God had a specific person that was like an answer prayer. Um, and so anyways, I'm going to share just this one encounter we had. So we were walking the trail and just asking the Lord to highlight people to us and have words for them. And so we were almost done. We'd already encountered about three or four people and just shared the love of the Lord with them, the gospel, and had some words for them. But there's this one lady that was walking down towards us and Amber, she felt like she had a word for her. So she stopped her and was like, Hi, ma'am. I just want to share the hope of Christ with you. Well, the lady ended up not being able to speak good English. And so Amber, this is the best thing ever. She was just like, hey, Zeus loves you. Like, right? Like sometimes it's just as good as that. And so um, we kept moving forward and we we're like, bless her Lord. Well, she turns around and she keeps following us. And 
So as we get closer, we see this pavilion with a few girls on it. They were probably like middle school, high school age, and they were sitting down. And so we were like, should we go over there and talk to them? Well, in the meantime, the lady kept getting closer to us and we were just like, okay, like it, what's going on? So she ends up coming and talking to us and was like, in broken English, trying to direct us and say that her daughter was over there. So we were thinking that she wanted to use her daughter to interpret Amber's word. So we go over there and introduce ourselves to the girl. The mom starts speaking and the daughter starts interpreting, interpreting for us. And so, um, but after Amber shared her word, the daughter was like, my mom wants you to pray for me. And so we're like, okay, well, what's going on? She goes, I have really severe anxiety where it gives me really bad panic attacks. And so she's like, I just cry a lot and I can't seem to, um, to stop having panic attacks or feeling anxious. And she was like, you know, I think they went to church and she was like, I just research all the time, like how to stop anxiety. And, you know, I've read all these stories about how people, if they get closer to God, then their anxiety goes away. Well, because she was like, but mine hasn't. And so we were just like, look, God put us here because you are going to be delivered of anxiety today and those panic attacks. And so we were like, can we pray for you? Because we believe God can deliver you. And she was so accepting. She was like, yeah. And she goes, and this was like the key to it, which is so amazing. Um, and so all of a sudden, it was just like this revelation hit her. And she was like, you know what? Last night I was reading, um, I was on Instagram and I was reading th this like post that said, tomorrow you will have a sign that will deliver you from your anxiety. And me and Amber, we were just like, what? But we like took what like was probably like a wicked thing of just like prophesying. But we were like, Jesus is the sign. Like God uses all things. And so we're like that Jesus is your sign. We are here today. You are going to be delivered from your panic attacks and anxiety. And so we were um, able to pray for her, give words to her, the two other girls that were with her. Um, but it was so powerful because we got to be in partnership with the Lord to deliver people. Like there is so many people we encounter that are struggling with anxiety, hopelessness, death. There has been several ladies, we had another outreach last week, several ladies who had lost um, their husbands during COVID. I don't know if it's through COVID related, but they lost them and Jesus gave us words of knowledge um, that they had lost a husband. So it's just really sweet. God is moving. I just want to encourage you. I love the opening letter of Philemon, and I want to pray this over you. Um, I pray you would be active in sharing your faith so you would have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Um, and so as you share your faith and you're active in it, you actually start to have a knowledge and understanding of every good thing we have in the Lord. It actually brings you closer to the heart of Christ um, because he can move and work through you. Um, so yes, I pray that over you guys this morning that after today you would just feel encouraged, um, you would feel bold to just go out there, even in your mask, um, people's souls are worth it, they're worth the discomfort, they're worth the rejection. Um, we've definitely seen a lot of people reject what we want to say but um we were talking about it and it's like amber made a good point too she said you know we are further away from the harvest being right and we're probably closer to when jesus says talks about the great falling away and matthew 24 says because of the increase of wickedness the love of most will grow cold so don't don't um, let that be a stumbling block for you of people's hearts being cold if you go out and share the gospel. Like they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting Jesus. But also too, what, what I encountered with a guy whose heart was growing really cold was that actually in that moment, he had the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Like he took what I said and like totally was convicted and was like, man, now you're making me feel bad. And I was like, I didn't even say anything. And so it was just like, but that's what the Holy Spirit does. He was sent by Christ to be the conviction of the world and sin. And so we have to, like men have to repent and have recognition of sin in order to like go and be cleansed by the blood of Christ. And so don't be, I'm just encouraging those if you've experienced rejection don't be discouraged. Like the Holy Spirit will do his job because like every encounter someone has with you, they get a taste of the glory of God. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit 
I'm going to share on a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I just pray you guys go out and um, get a partner and just go out there. You don't have to do it alone. Find somebody um, who has the same passion and just go out there and go for it because Jesus is doing something. Holy Spirit wants to give so much of himself. And again, we actually get the full understanding of everything we have in Christ when we're active in sharing our faith. Um, so I just bless you guys in that. I also had one more word I wanted to share before we get started. Um, it was from Isaiah 51. And I really feel like the Lord just wanted to speak this over us this morning um, specifically. And so it's a word that he had given Isaiah to the Israelites. Uh, but I think it's just really relevant to us now. So I'm going to read it and read it over you guys. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one, and I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on her on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. The law will go out for me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way. And my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait and hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. Hear me, you who know what is right. You people who have my law in your hearts. Do not fear the reproach of men or be terrified by their insults. For the moth will eat them up like a garment. The worm will devour them like wool. But my righteousness will last forever. My salvation through all generations. Awake, awake, clothe yourself with strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in days gone by, as in generations of old. Was it not you who cut Rahab to pieces, who pierced that monster through? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made a road in the depths of the sea so that the redeemed might cross over? The ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. I, even I, I am he who comforts you. Who are mortal? Who are you that you fear mortal men, the sons of men who are but grass, that you forget the Lord your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, that you live in constant terror every day because of the wrath of the oppressor, who is bent on destruction? For where is the wrath of the oppressor? The cowering prisoners will soon be set free. They will not die in their dungeon, nor will they lack bread. For I am the Lord your God, who turns up the sea so that it waves war. The Lord Almighty is his name. I have put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hand. I who set the heavens in place, who laid the foundations of the earth, and who say to Zion, you are my people. So I just feel like that was um, for us this morning about the Lord just wanting to encourage that um, I think some of us just with the fear of man, um, the fear of the wrath of the oppressor. Actually, Revelation tells us that when Jesus was born and when he died on the cross, like the enemy actually went out into the earth and was bent on making the pe like the people of God just he was bent on oppressing them because he had so much wrath against them against the chosen people who are the redeemed. He goes out into the earth, so we don't need to be afraid of the wrath of the oppressor or the things that he's doing in this world because God is so much bigger. He is this as our salvation. Um, also, a key thing he wanted to say it says, um, "I put my words in your mouth." Um, and covered you with the shadow of my hand. And so that's just like Exodus, Moses, when he asked to see the glory of God, um, God says, I will cover you with my hand and then my glory will pass before you. So as we get into this, um, one of the things I'm going to be talking on is the glory of God. And so 
God's hand is covering you and he's letting his glory pass before you. Like these end days, God's glory is just ready and waiting to be revealed. Um, so just be encouraged in that. God is also releasing the power of his voice. Um, his voice is rising up and it's shaking heaven and he wants to speak to his people. So I felt God's anointing on that, that God wants to speak to you um, and your time with him, the more you spend with him, spend more than 10 minutes with him. And I promise you the voice of God will show up, but he has so much to say and he wants to tell you and give you revelation of what's going on, things to come in your own personal life. He wants to give you hope. He wants to reveal his glory to you. So that was just a word that I feel like the Lord had. And then um, I'm going to pray really quick and then we're going to jump in. I know I'm going to try to get get through this, um, but I'm excited. So Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you that you want to reveal your glory and your holiness, God. I pray that it would fall on every individual person and in the room right now in the name of Jesus. I ask for the glory of God to come down, Lord, that it would be a manifest presence, God, as though it filled the temple, Jesus, that so it would fill every person's house that's watching right now, God, that they would feel your tangible presence, Holy Spirit. So we thank you for this time, God. May you speak and may we be changed forever in Jesus' name. Um, so I'm going to lay the foundation of what I'm going to be talking about with the parable of the 10 virgins. So many of us have already read this. So I'm going to read it really fast in case there's people watching who haven't read it or need a good reminder. Um, so it's in Matthew 25. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. They all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And then all of the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, they may not be, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some, of your, for, some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins were ready, that were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, others, those others had come. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Um, so we're going to look at a lot of the foolish virgins. And so from the outside, it looked like they had taken care of themselves. From the outside, they were waiting. They were with the wise virgins. Um, but when the bridegroom came, they didn't share in his father's glory. So he didn't know them. And that was the biggest thing I want you guys to get from that is how glory separates us from those that are foolish. Um, so Jesus, he's going to know us by our light. The five virgins who had the lamp burning and ready were welcomed by the bridegroom. The oil is holiness. You have to have it to burn. Holiness sparks the glory to ignite and shine. So I want you to get that, that the oil of holiness is what fills the vessel. It makes it spark that the glory of God is the light. Um, so now is the time that we are starting to prepare our oil, right? Like God, Jesus wants a holy bride. We know that. The foolish virgins had no oil, but they were part of the church, right? They were part of the 10 virgins, um, but they weren't, but, and they weren't part of the world, but they had lamps. They had religion. They were waiting, but they took no care of what was on the inside and what they had in the storehouses of their spirit. Um, and so they carried their lamp. They kept it shiny. Um, the wise virgins probably would have assumed that they had life, faith, and oil. But in the end, it proved that they were just empty vessels. They were empty lamps, not full of the holiness of God. Um, they weren't vessels of this holiness. They didn't have the essence in which ignites the light of glory. Um, First Peter says, therefore, prepare your minds for action, meaning don't be lazy towards your salvation like the foolish virgins. Be sober minded. Set your hope fully on grace to be given you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not conform to the passions of your former ignorance. 
But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. If you do not share in the holiness of God now, you will not share in his glory when it is fully revealed in Christ our bridegroom. So it is very important that we share in the holiness of God now. We prepare our oil because the hope is that because of this, we would then be, we would share in the glory of God for all eternity. And this is a good thing to reflect. Paul even, or Hebrews says, strive for the holiness with which no one will see the Lord without which no one will see the Lord. Like we have to strive for this holiness. We want it. We should long for it, that God would set us apart in his righteousness and who he is. Um, and, you know, one of the things that makes God holy is that he can't be defined, right? Because he is infinite. He describes himself as the great I am because he is infinite and encompasses all things, Um so we don't define God. He defines us as we're looking at his holiness. You know, our follies as human beings has been that we try to define God through the definition of ourselves instead of defining God through the expression of who he is. And he gives us that expression throughout the word and just who he is and his glory. Um, so I love what John Piper has to say about God's holiness. So we're going to we can't define it, but there definitely, this puts it in a good practical sense of how we can use it to reflect us and think about it and to strive for that holiness. John Piper said, God's holiness is his infinite value as the absolutely unique, morally perfect, preeminent person that he is and who by grace has made himself accessible. And so this definition is likened to gold. And so we think about gold. Gold has been a source of desire and worth for like thousands of years, right? It is, um, it is rare. Um, it's preeminent, meaning that it is far superior than other rare things, right? Because there could be a rare fish in the sea, but that fish is going to decompose and it's going to get gross and it's going to die. But like gold doesn't lose that value. Um, it does not. And so it's the standard to which every nation's currency also accepts. Um, but most importantly about gold is that it's actually it's because it's accessible. So if you think about it deep, deep down in the earth, I'm sure there is many minerals and stones that are would be far more precious than gold but gold is actually accessible to us humans and so that's what also makes it very rare um, it makes it desirable because of its accessibility so now that when we think of gold um look at god's holiness but it's like how do we dare try to be like him um, in that, you know, we think about his holiness as pointing back to his infinite value, his uniqueness, moral perfection, and his accessibility. So how are we supposed to be like this holy God? Um, I mean, Peter just says, be holy, or God says, be holy because I am holy. So how do we, how do we even attempt to do that? Um, Peter actually helps us solve this in his second letter when he says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, right? God's holiness, his divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we see that the foolish virgins didn't do this. They were unproductive and ineffective in their knowledge of Jesus. They didn't prepare themselves for the bridegroom to come. And in the end, they didn't receive the rich welcome that the wise 
virgins had. So we ask ourselves, through God's power, we have been given everything we need to be holy. Everything. Um, Ephesians says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy, chosen to be holy and blameless in his presence. In love, he predestined us for adoption as his sons through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the beloved one. And then he um, continues in Ephesians that, you know, he asks that our hearts may be enlightened. So we know the hope that of this calling and the riches of our glorious inheritance and the surpassing greatness of his power to us who believe. God displayed this power in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So this, these verses see that God's power in Christ, we can meet the standards of holiness because God's mighty power was exerted in raising Christ from the dead. So Christ's resurrection gives us hope that we can meet the standards of holiness because we are given and reborn into the spirit of Christ. So I'm just, I just feel like saying if anyone is bound, just feels like they're in bondage to sin right now, that you are called to be holy. You've been predestined for it. God has given you everything that you need to meet this holiness because he is holy. You can do it, that Jesus can break those chains. So don't feel hopeless or feeling like you can't ever meet that because Jesus has done it through his resurrection. So I just pray the Holy Spirit right now would just come into your room, those who are struggling into a bondage of sin and would break them by the power of his blood and resurrection, that we've been given new life um, and by the power um, that raised Christ Christ and the dead would be released in you to be broken from sin um, and to just pursue holiness and that you would actually obtain it, that you'd be like have a rich welcome into the kingdom of God. Um, so through the death and resurrection of Jesus, he has given us, we're going back to that definition of the holiness of God. Um, he has given us infinite value in God. We are being sanctified in Christ to become morally perfect we are unique. You know, the Bible says we are a people set apart, a nation holy to God. We become preeminent in Christ because he has seated us in the heavenlies. And now we are accessible to God through Christ's blood shed on the cross. So we become this, this small definition of holy um, because of Jesus and because of his death and resurrection and the mighty power of God that is exerting itself in our lives and in our spirit. So now we take now we take this and we can measure our oil. So I have um, some questions that this is a good way to reflect our holiness. Um, so if we were to reflect the measure of our oil and the measure of our holiness, here's some good things we can ask ourselves or ask others. You know, this is a great way to test the spirits of those who are children of God, um, who would be the 10 or the five wise virgins and the five foolish ones, right? Because on the outside, they were the same. Um, do we value God? Do we value ourselves? Do we hate evil and cling to good? Do we thirst and hunger for righteousness? Are we unique? Do we look different than the world? Are we preeminent by looking to things above where Christ is seated and not to earthly things? And the last one I want to stress and most importantly is, are we accessible? Are we accessible to God? He is accessible to us that we boldly can approach the throne of God with confidence. But can God say the same thing about us? Are our ears accessible to his voice? Are our eyes accessible to what the Father, to see what the Father is doing so that we can imitate his holiness? Are our hands accessible to do the good works in which he has prepared for us to do? Are our feet accessible with the shoes of the gospel of peace? And is our heart accessible to be moved with his compassion and love? Are we accessible to be an empty vessel for his glory to fill? So these questions are a great way of how we can measure our oil. 
And again, that we strive for that holiness, but that we have the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit and every good precious promise in order to do these things. Um, and so then we see in this parable too, I want to move from holiness and to what's our reward of holiness. And in the parable of the 10 virgin, virgins, how do we see the wise virgins rewarded? Um, they were welcomed into a wedding feast. So holiness is the gateway to glory. That is how we get accepted. Is this holiness is Christ. It's a gateway to glory, um, being set apart, right? The wise virgins were set apart because they had the oil and the bridegroom knew them. Um, the bridegroom didn't know the foolish ones. Um, Colossians 3, 4 says, When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Glory is the essence of God's holiness. It's a tangible presence and manifestation of who he is. It manifests itself in light and smoke. Um, and so that Jesus, when he comes, when he came to get his bride, he came to take them in glory, that we would appear with him in the glory of God. And so, um, again, we can't, just how we can't really define holiness um, because God is infinite, we can't define glory, but I think this is a good small grasp of what the glory of God is. The glory of God is the weight of the majestic goodness of who God is and the resulting name or reputation that he gains from revealing himself as creator, sustainer, judge, redeemer, perfect in justice and mercy, loving kindness and truth. So God's glory always points back to who he is. He is wholly set apart in all of these characteristics. He is perfectly righteous. He is perfect in truth. He is perfect in love. He is a perfect judge. And the list goes on because his glory is infinite, because God is infinite. Um, and, you know, the Bible says that the glory of God fills all of heaven and earth. Isaiah says we were, God says to Isaiah, we were made for his glory. We were created to be for his glory, that it would be displayed in us. And even Paul says, you know, through his glorious might, he raised Christ from the dead and that he also too is raising us. Um, I just wanted to share a picture with you guys. So there is a prophetic artist by um, the name of James Nesbitt, but this is a prophetic art of the throne room he did. And I hope you guys can see it. Um, but it's just so powerful. Those are the four living creatures. And just look at the light. Like I mean, we can just picture that this is possibly what heaven could look like, but God's glory covers the heavens even the seraph and the angels, they cover their eyes and their feet because he's so, so holy. And um, so I just wanted to share that with y'all because it's such a powerful picture. Um, and so this actually comes from Revelation 4, 6 through 11. And a center around the throne room were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion and the second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around. Even under its wings, day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have all their being. This is what our hope is that we would share in this magnificent glory of God, that we would lay our crowns before his feet, before Jesus, and that we would cry, holy, holy, that he alone is worthy of all the glory. And so um, Isaiah, he sees the same picture, um, all the angels saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Um, so if we're sharing in his holiness, what does it look like when we share and God's glory. And how do we do that here on earth? How are we partaking in the glory of God? 
So again, the glory of God raised Christ from the dead and is resurrecting us. Romans 6 says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, that he would be made glorious by raising Christ from the dead, that we too may have new life. So we have died and the glory of God has been resurrected, uh, has resurrected us into a new life where we are ministers of this new glorious covenant. And so I'm going to read um, 2 Corinthians 3 through 4 of this glorious covenant. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though that it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom." And we who have the unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. So we are ministers of this new glorious covenant. We have unveiled faces that we are shining. The glory of God is manifesting in our lives through us. Um, and so this is going to be key into what we're talking about later about sharing the gospel. Um, so Jesus actually says in John 17, 4, I glorified, he's talking to the father. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work with which you have given me to do. So what is our work and why is it so important? And it goes with this ministry that we've been given now. And it tells us about the glory of God. Um, so I want to, I want to share that why us partaking in the glory of God on earth is so important to non-believers around us. Um, sharing the gospel is so important in our lives, especially today, because it is a taste of the glory of God in people's lives. Like even when you're sharing things or you're sharing the light, people are in dark, they're living in darkness. That's why Isaiah says when Jesus came, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. Like we are called to be children of light, children of God's glory, that we would be pushing back darkness, that we wouldn't cower and be afraid. We wouldn't put our light underneath a table, but that we would be vessels and fill ourselves with the holiness of God through his Holy Spirit, and that God would come and ignite us, and that he would shine his glory through us so that people could taste him and see that he is good and see what he's saving them for. Um, I want to read this because I think sometimes we need, we sometimes as believers need a reality check of, you know, what God, the end times and what happens to the foolish virgins, those who, those who don't know the Lord. Um, Second Thessalonians says, Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith and all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to those relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. 
So this passage is both glorious but heart-wrenching. Those who do not believe are going to be separated from this glory of God forever. They're not going to be separated from his rule and reign because God rules even in Sheol, David says. But this is what happened to the foolish virgin. So we have a divine obligation to share the good news of Christ. I just want to encourage you guys in the urgency of it is now is that we don't want to see people. Paul also says in Thessalonians that we were not made for wrath. God did not make us for wrath. We were made for his glory. But people have been so blinded and they live in darkness that they are just blinded to the glory of God. So we have this divine obligation because we are the hope of the glory of God here on earth. We are heirs in this glory. Our hope is that the fullness of God's glory will be revealed to us in full disclosure one day. Um, our sweet and precious bridegroom, he prayed for us, that Jesus prayed before he died, that, he, that we would experience this hope of glory. He said, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. This is God's heart. Jesus prayed for us that he just longs for us to see his glory, that we, our faith would be made complete and whole because we would see him face to face. We were made to experience this. This is the, award, the reward of the bride who has made herself ready and has been watching at the door. But I just encourage you, send out the invitation. Send out the wedding invitations today because now is the time for salvation, for people to be saved for the glory of God, that we would all long for it and that God would be, make us new. Um, so as I'm wrapping up, this, is, this was the end. But I wanted to read, I really felt like the Lord wanted um, me to read Revelation 21 through 22. If you just bear with me, it'll be the last thing that I read. Um, but if you're watching, I just want you to close your eyes right now. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would come and fill your mind if you're distracted or um, I know I've also gone really long. So if you've got other things to do, but I really want you to just sit there and I want you to close your eyes. And I'm going to read this over you, and I want you to picture this. I've just prayed that the Holy Spirit would give you the mind of Christ because this is what we're being saved for. This is what God wants every single person, every tribe, every tongue, every nation to be a part of, of his glory. Um, and so I'm going to read this, and Jesus is coming soon. So just sit there and let the Spirit come. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with man, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. Who, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all of this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates, and with 12 angels at the gates, 
On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide and as high as, it's, as it is long. He measured its walls and it was 144 cubits thick by man's measurement, which the angel was using. The wall was made of jasper in the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, and the third, I don't know, chalcedony, and the fourth emerald, and the fifth serdanox, and the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth Chrysopras, the 11th Jacinth, and the 12th Amethyst. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of pure gold, like transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the book of life. And then bear with me, I'm just to read the last chapter. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down in the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his names will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need a light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his servant these things that must soon take place. This is Jesus. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. John says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard them and seen them, I fell down and worshiped at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. Me, But he said, do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and prophets of the key, that keep the book of this word. Worship God. Do not seal the words of this prophecy of this book because the time is near. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. This is Jesus. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may go through the city, or may go through the gates into the city. Outside of the dogs, practice magic arts, the sexual, sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And I'm going to skip to the end. He who testified these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Jesus, God, we want to experience your glory. Jesus, you say, behold, I am coming soon. 
I am the bright morning star. So Lord, we as the body of Christ say, come with this spirit, Lord, come. Jesus, come and get your bride, but make us ready first. God, we pray for this power of your mighty strength and your glory to be exerted in the earth today, God, that people who are walking in darkness will see a great light, that your people would be a great light for you here, Lord, that we would run this race with endurance, God, that all of the, the people, that the church that has come before us, God, that they wouldn't have labored in vain for such a time as this, Lord, where your glory will and the nations will come to you, God. The nations from the east and the west will come running to you, Father. That Jesus, I thank you that you prayed for us to see your glory. That all you want is that you are divinely worth it, Lord. You are valuable, that you are desirable above all things, Jesus. So I pray that we just put off all the sin that entangles, God, and we would run towards you, Jesus. That we would be bold and confident in sharing the gospel, Lord. That you would wake us up from our slumber in our sleep because we are children of the day. We're not children of the night, God, that we are children of the light, Lord, and that we will be a light unto this world through you, Christ. I thank you for your salvation, God. I pray that if anyone's watching that does not know you, Jesus, that you say, come and I will give you drink, that you want these invitations to go out to your feast, Lord, what you wish none to perish, God. So I pray that people, when they encounter us, would see your glory, and that they would fall to their knees and worship you, Jesus, because you are the lamb on the throne and you alone are worthy, God. So I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for this time. Thank you for your words of encouragement, God. Thank you for reality, Lord, when it's hard to know what is right, what's wrong, what's real, what's not real. Your word is truth. Your salvation will last for eternity, God. Everything else will fade. So we just bless you. We bless everyone's ears and eyes who have been watching to do the good works, God. Bless their hands. I spent out a, send out a blessing to everyone watching, God, that you would anoint them, God, that they would know the good work that you have for them to do, God, and they would go do it. They'd have the courage to go do it, Holy Spirit, because you are with them and Christ, you are beside them. So we just bless the church of God today, Lord. May it shine as glorious as heaven above. In Jesus' name, amen.